Breaker, what's your 20? This here's the podcast crew. We're hauling up at 901, about to hit the airwaves. Ready for bookstores, cool chatbots, and the explosive relationships you'll only find in. You've got mail. Well, rev up your modems. Or an earful of you've got mail. The Ultimate Hacker Podcast. Fans of cinema. Cyber. Hope I'm much like. That is, if you're not some no good. Superstore. Breaker, breaker, good buddy. Expect in depth analysis, breaking news about the cast and crew, a little internet protocol. And we'll even have a something for your inbox. You've got mail. Yes. Those are very powerful words. All right, hello and welcome to another edition of You've Got Podcast. Well, you had a good run there. You had a good run of, I of was getting that right. Three or four in a row, I was I was naming the podcast correctly, and this time it's you just want to start with a U. I always want to start with a U. You for, you for do. I, I don't think I do, but well, I do the intros, so that's 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 that. Great. Um, uh, hello, uh, I'm Harvey Ockles. This is an earful of You Got Mail, uh, the pre preeminent uh, hacker podcast. Yes, and I'm Alan, and this is an earful if you've got mail, the preeminent hacker podcast. Be- better the second time around. Uh, hey there, it's uh, I been, learned been... from the best. Yeah, so this is a show where we dive deep uh, and really crack open the 1998 movie You've Got Mail five minutes at a time. Uh, we're we're 18 uh, in. This or is we're, the 18th five minutes. We're making progress. We've only got what four or five left, I think. After this, I think so. I think it's like 22, 23. I have to wow. check, but uh, okay, you know, it's a. Uh, uh, we started this, uh, what was this, like, right, yeah, we started the first app, uh, I think, early 2020, so it's been pretty quick. And then the pandemic hit. It did. And, Is it, uh, tight, I mean, tight correlation. I, I, I do, I would do not claim responsibility. I, I do. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, so keep, keep, keep posted, uh. Keep posted. Uh. <laughs> okay, well, it's not like a good time to switch over to something, but. No, uh, no, no! I like I like a double I like a double Linden dollar. Oh, we're grooving, we're grooving. Well, that's great. No, I, before I have we a lot more info about like different changes, but that's why I better uh, served in the setup. I have really nothing to do in this kind of pre uh, this pre intro segment. Okay, well here we go. You know, I I really I, I'll say. Well, first of all, here we are in uh, screws, news, views, and feuds. That's correct. Nice, one of the best. Thank you. And um, and I was I'll say screw right up front. I thought you were launching into another point there, and so I didn't want to cut you off. 
and so I let Linden dollars loop, and that's well, it's and, a thing. It's a, you know, sometimes I, you it's it's very hard because when I'm making a point in person, I know my I arms see, just I, fly up. You, you know, my you, hands are, are whenever uh, you make you have the characteristic whenever you make a point of it's it's one finger in the air, exactly. And then when the point is done, the finger goes down, and, and then I, I I put the other finger in my mouth to say <laughs> to tell everyone to shh. And then the hand that was in the air forms a clenched fist. Yeah, so then I bring it down to the ground and then slam it hard. Uh, but nice. uh, yeah, uh, it's hard to do that now. It's uh, it's amazing things don't work out worse. Uh, but uh, yeah, as far as other screws, there was one from last time which I did not have a chance to investigate. I'm going to punch that down the road a bit. Oh, okay. Uh, nothing else I have to report as far as screws go. Okay. All right. Well, there's a screw right there that we gotta we gotta punch it down the road. No, no, no. That's 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 protocol. Okay. All right. Any news? Oh, there's a bit of news. There is. Uh, yeah, the uh, ever evergreen uh, boat got stuck. That is big news. It's not ever given boat. Ever given. Well, it I does, think it, it says, says two names. It says evergreen on the side. I think that's. I haven't looked into it. I'm surprised no one's looked into it. Uh, also, it's White Boy Summer. Yes, yes. Chet Hanks is bringing us all Ch- the Chet Hayes. Chet, Chet Hayes. Yeah. Chet Hanks. Chet Hayes. Chet Hayes. Okay. Well, his 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 uh, handle is Chet Hanks. Chet Hayes. His hand. All right. I don't know what you're talking about. Um. And uh, anything? Any uh, fuse? Fuse? Yeah. So I put off. I think uh, was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago? Recorded last. I said I would update the feud with the person who failed to. Uh, uh, failed to recommend our podcast. Yes, please do that. I, I just did that like uh, thirty minutes ago. Oh, great! I was a bit late because it's uh, a month old, but I did uh, apologize for my lateness. Nice. Right, and we've launched straight into everyone's favorite segment. You've got spoilers. I actually am going to break in now with one more screw. No. It's important, though. Okay, real quick. Real timing. Uh, So, episode 13, uh, we say in the episode, we're recording right before Christmas. We're going to release sometime in January or February. Sure. Uh, We we missed that. It's uh, going to be released tomorrow, uh, end of March. So, you know. Sometimes you don't hit your targets. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's try and shore that up a little bit. You know, we want. I don't know. Wanna... Uh, fans are telling me uh, they want longer and longer wait uh, times. Wait times. Yeah. Everyone loves those. The latency. They love it. Uh, all right. We've. This is you've got spoilers. We are about to lay it on you. The 18th five minutes of you've got mail. What happens? Do we really do this before Key Lime Pie? We do not. Okay. We do Key Lime Pie first. Okay, Which, so should we? Why we're yeah, we'll do that real quick. Okay, this is kind of a mess anyway, so why not? <laughs> I, you know, it's been an extra week. It's it uh, has. Yeah, it, normally we do these every other week. This time it's been three weeks, and I've I've totally forgotten how it works. Um, but all right, so key line pie. We're gonna take the key line from these five minutes. The one that really breaks it open, kind of shows you the heart, the beating heart in the middle of it. Yes, and uh, we're gonna do that. And we're uh, if you'd like to join us, uh, although you can't because you're listening apparently three to four months later um wireclub.com slash chat slash we're, we're much quicker on airing on KZSU that happens 
Almost immediately. Sure. Uh, wireclub.com slash chat slash room slash 30s underscore chat. Wireclub where people meet. Where people meet. Join us there. I don't know why I'm already counting down. I'm just, just these are test countdowns. I'm just, just touch your keyboard. Yeah. Okay. We're going to count down and then we're going to share our key lines with each other. The yeah. line that really so I'm, I'm prepared for key line. Yeah, I'm prepared. prepared. I'm prepared. Ready? Three, three, two, one, two, okay. two, two one, one, and go. one, go. It's so insensitive. Where is your key line pie? What? I typed it in chat. I don't. I see a bunch of numbers, <laughs> and I see nothing. I think you might have spam. Is it? Them. Is it possible I spam so much that it is showing me my own messages, but not sending them to you? Maybe. Do it one more time. What a mess. Is it really? You can't see my messages. I'll send you a screenshot. Yeah. That's terrible. It's terrible. That's terrible. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. We can see what the screenshot sounds. Well, I only um, do it under very uh, strange circumstances. I see hi. I don't you see, see any high? Pie. Oh, weird. Okay, maybe just because I put a colon in it or something? I wrote I, a colon here, in mine. I, you did. Does that work? Okay, now I see it now. Let's three, okay, two, two, one. It's I so own insensitive. A store. Did I ever tell you that? Okay, so we've got it's so insensitive. I think that's a um, that's a Patricia Eden line. That's that? correct. Okay, very good. And then and then from my side, I own a store. Did I ever tell you that? Wonderful, wonderful. No. Okay, that was Keyline Pie. What, what a successful segment. Look, we can't be held accountable for Wire Club. I blame, I blame Diego. Diego came in here and ruined our vibe. Sure. Yeah. It was. It was. Diego was was a very bad guest. <laughs> People? He was super robotic. Yeah, you exactly. couldn't you couldn't tell what whether he was, you know, coming or going, coming or going. His timing cha- was chatting was or not. Way his off. timing was totally off. I just, I mean, no sense of any, no, no comedic sense at all. Um, but we'll, we'll have him back anytime. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, uh, you've got spoilers. You've got spoilers. You're going to take us through this. Yeah, you had spoilers. We have a little uh, spoilers eye view. We are going to spoil these five minutes for you by reading a summary of this movie. Uh, and without further ado, I'm just going to read what I have in front of me. Kathleen roams around New York feeling depressed and ends up at the children's section of the Fox Books store. While sitting there, she recommends a series of books to a woman looking for books for her daughter. Kathleen realizes that she spent her whole life immersed in books. <laughs> and the only career she could see herself excel in would be something related to books. It's a good inference. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I guess maybe you can read that in her eyes. I. That's very specific. It's a nice. I like it. It's get. It's you know. That's you got to draw your own meaning out of it. Yeah, I, yeah. it's very possible she realizes that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's between the lines. Seeing Kathleen depressed at his store, Joe feels very bad for her and feels guilty for putting her out of business. That's that's less of a reach. I think that's kind of you know. Well, I have, I have other thoughts on what Joe Fox's expressions might mean, but we'll, we'll get to that. Yes, we will. On his way back to his apartment, Joe and Patricia discuss how good Kathleen would do as a children's book editor. They get into the elevator with an old woman, her dog, and the operator, but the elevator gets stuck. As they wait for the fire department to arrive, everyone talks about how they're going to live their lives differently. But as Joe starts to speak up, Patricia interrupts him, and he realizes that they aren't as compatible or happy together as he thought, which leads to them breaking up. That's they, that's a solid. I like the. That's a great summary of the elevator scene. I yeah. I don't no compliance. I mm-hmm. think that that does. It's that is the elevator scene. 
Okay. But that's not it. That's not it. They went into his... They went into the apartment. Joe left the apartment with Brinkley and moved into his boat. (laughs) Joe tells Kathleen about his breakup, and she tells him about the feeling of loss that she has upon losing her store because it was her mother's legacy and... I'm gonna cut off there. Yeah, that's going that's to... yeah. We're that's that's gonna be that. Dude, that's so. kind of like that's a threat. And that but has been. You've got you've got spoilers. take some time to get going yeah all, all good things do yeah uh so uh let's see um the setup the setup oh yeah what's what's new what's cooking um, i got a huge setup detail okay all so, right uh this movie is about technology it's about you know the change we see mm-hmm. underfoot and uh, i'm trying and to overhead Exactly. I'm trying. I'm trying to stay. I'm trying to like. I'm. I'm trying to check out the cyber stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so, always up on the cyber. Well, I. I haven't been. I'm trying to turn a new leaf. Uh, okay. But in general, I've always kept notes on a piece of paper. I use a 11 by 17. Classic way to keep notes. I love 11 by 17 paper. You mm-hmm. know, give me legal size. It's okay. Give me. Uh, you know, letter? regular letter size. Letter size. Hey, it'll do. But oh. I love that 11 by 17. Okay. All right. Well, what, what's your thought? 11 by 17. Well, you know, I, I, it's, it's fine. I, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. Uh, you fold in half. You got like a regular letter. But then you have a whole extra thing in front of you. It's I wonderful. Like, I like smaller. I like a little notepad, you know, kind of like a more compact notepad size. I don't know the exact designation, but, um, you know, just like a little... Like index cards? No, not that small. Somewhere in between. In between letter and, and, and index. So why why is a note card too small if you like small? Well, it's a little too small. So what, what defines the sweet spot? Um, whether it's a convenient little... Like you know, like like um like an iPad Mini size, an iPad Mini size paper. That's what you want because you can hold that conveniently in one hand. <laughs> As a full sheet of paper, <laughs> you would never be able to hold in one hand. No, unless you're a giant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's a two-hander for me every time. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, there is something. I mean, they made paperbacks a certain size. There's something really nice about that size. Yeah, like exactly. Classic paperback exactly. size. Although it's you know paperback. Uh, not the best to write in, mm. but okay. To get to the point, mm. uh, I have moved into the new century by investing in a King Jim DM three zero. Is that the, what that thing is called? Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a DM three zero. This okay, is by yeah. King Jim. Uh, you know uh, the company we all know and love uh, for uh, <laughs> Japanese uh, stationary uh, electronic devices, and it is a uh, portable typewriter uh, planner uh, e e ink screen and i always take my notes on it for uh, for this app so uh, this is this is new for me so we'll see if this is a success or a fail okay yeah um and on my side i've got a, a minor setup change which is i'm holding an iced coffee oh nice that's huge yeah. mm-hmm. all right that has been the setup we will now proceed to the sink Take me up there. Takes you know, it takes a while to start. Okay. <laughs> takes a while to start. Takes a while to end. Um, you get it on both sides with Busy Bachelor.
Oh, wonderful. That was that was a story. I know. It tells a whole story. Ha. Huh. Um all right. So we're going to now sync, uh which means we are going to t- collectively synchronize our watches uh and our playback. Someone listening, you know, you could just listen to our sync. We recommend doing it yourself. You're yeah, going to want to sync yourself up exactly and then and then inevitably when we have an issue on our side and the and we desync, we recommend you resync and um keep yourself keep yourself on point. Absolutely. So get that file ready, get it uh, locked and loaded. Lock it, load it, loop it. Um you're looking for YGM underscore segment underscore eighteen here. Dot MP4. Dot MP4. And you're gonna get that ready to play. We're I'm ready gonna, I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to do it too. We're moving along. We're we're snappy today. Um I think it's the iced coffee. So okay, we're gonna go ahead and get ready and we're gonna count it down. Ready? Okay. Five, five, five. We're four, gonna get banned three, in Wire Club two, again. Four, four, three, three, two, two, one, three, three, two, one, two, two, one, 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 go. Do you have the shoe books? Do you have the shoe books? The shoe books. I don't. Who's the author? Okay, how do you, how do you feel with the sink? Uh, I I got out a little ahead. Uh, I oh, think, no. you know, it takes a little bit. You're issuing a whole command on your side. It takes some time for your computer to process that. I think I need to account for that better. But. Well, sometimes. I, I actually, I did not prepare that. Sometimes I get the actual MPV loaded and then just pause it. Mm. Sometimes I, I don't, you know. It's all odd, odd matter move. Okay, let's talk about this. Uh, today, I'm looking at my screen. I have the outline here, my King Jim DM30. And I have uh, I have five scenes. Okay. I have... Um, uh, I have... I didn't write down the scenes. I'll, I'll just say that right now. Okay, so I think the, the scenes as I have it, just I'm going to run this and let me know what you think. Okay. I have scene one is at Fox and Sons Booksellers. In the children's section, yes. In the children's section. Mm-hmm. Uh, scene two is uh, it's uh, Joe and Patricia going back to their place. This is everything pre-elevator. I think that the out- okay. exterior scene and the lobby is, is one scene. Yeah, the ta- taxi to lobby. Exactly, but when you enter the elevator, it becomes a new scene. I, I totally agree, yeah. And that's scene three, yep. which is elevator. Sure. Scene four is Joe narrating his uh, life changes. Yeah, Joe Joe on boat. Oh, uh, no, you're saying Joe before boat is a different... No, I just think everything where Joe's narrating yeah. is coherently a scene. Great. Okay, then let's call it Joe on boat. Uh, I would say Joe on and in boat. Okay, dockside doc, doc Joe. Uh, Joe.com. Docs, Docside Joe. Joe.com. I'm going to write that in the chat because I like okay, wonderful. Docside Joe. And, All right. And, and then, then uh, finally, Kathleen narrating her life changes. Yeah, totally. And we just get a little snippet of that. And then we close on my key line. I own a store. Did I ever tell you that? No, it's wonderful. Uh, it's so, nice uh, yeah. So I think I would like to discuss these five scenes, uh, and I would like to. Uh, so first, do do you want to discuss each of these five scenes? I would like to discuss each of them, ideally in some sort of order. I would like to discuss uh, the scenes in uh, movie chronological order. Uh, okay, let's go movie chron. Okay, so that's one, and then two, and then three, and then four, and then five. Should we get Mister Movie Chron in here? No, I don't know what that refers to. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, scene one. Scene one. We uh, we're up in the uh, the bookstore. Uh, we are. We are. So, uh, and, and the bookstore being Fox Books. Correct. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for that. Yes. It's nice to have uh, 
just Patricia Eden yelling in the background as you're as you're trying to talk and think. It's wonderful. Um, so okay. Um, uh, we have the the beautiful the beautiful children's section at Fox Books. Lovely area. It is. I mean, we we, we went to the last time. It's it's you know better than the shop around the corner. It's way better. Yeah, way bigger, way nicer. And um, as a result. Uh, Kathleen Kelly has entered it and is feeling despondent because she realizes that her entire, you know, her and her family's life ambitions to make a great uh, place for children to be, you know, she did a bad job and the Fox family did a good job. Exactly. So she's feeling that. We've got uh, Fox on the prowl watching her. Correct. He's hiding behind a globe. We Yes. We established last episode that Fox was hiding behind the globe. Kind of like, you know, it's like those old, uh, you know, kind of, you know, octopuses, you know, grabbing the entire world, you know, with their monopoly power. Yeah, that's that's what I thought it was evocative of as well. Exactly. That instantly came to mind. The Illuminati, you know, uh, yeah, pulling the strings. But, uh, yeah, and then uh, we get, uh, basically it was the first line, uh, do you know the shoe books? That's, and it, that's, a, that's a classic line. So, what, do, you, do you know the shoe books? I, I do now, because I looked them up after this... Five minutes. I will be honest. When I heard that, like the first thing came to mind is, uh, like I said, oh, I know that, <laughs> I know that. The Elizabeth Shoe books. Uh, no, I was, I was gonna say that I know. Uh, I thought it was about the cartoon, uh, the comic strip shoe. Oh well, it, it's not by uh, McNe- uh, McNeely. Uh, and there is a number of shoe books. Uh, if you, t- if you, uh, there is the very first shoe book. That's the title of it. Hmm. Uh, there's a book called The Best of Shoe, On the Shoe with Jeff McNeely, mm-hmm. uh, The Other Shoe with Jeff McNeely. Mm. So, you know, a lot of shoe books. And I would say uh, if you go to Mans, you have a shoe book. I mean, you know, you know, you know shoe, right? I, I know of shoes. Sure. Shoe is a comic strip shoe. about a bunch of birds that live on a branch. Oh. And the uh, the main shoe, uh, the character named Shoe, is this uh, bird who writes for the bird newspaper. And there's a bird uh. bar. It's not very good. Okay. Classic, though. Let's listen in. I don't know. My friend told me my daughter has to read the shoe book, so here I am. Noel Stretfield. Noel Stretfield wrote ballet shoes and skating shoes and theater shoes and dancing shoes, and I'd start with ballet shoes first. It's my favorite. Although skating shoes is completely wonderful. But it's out of print. Stretfield. How do you spell that? S-T-R-E-A-T-F-E-I-L-D. Thank you. Kathleen Kelly. I swear it was like her name All right. was in the air, And that's scene the first. What a scene. Yeah. So this Lots is... to dig in here. Right. So we've got a Fox Books employee who does not have the answer to this customer's question. And Kathleen does what I used to love doing at <laughs> Best Buy, uh, Circuit City, and before that, um, what was uh, what was the uh, uh, Comp USA? Comp USA. That's love the one. Comp. That's the one. Um, I used to, yeah, I used to hang out. Did you have at, a, a service merchandise back in the day? Uh, no, we did not have now a service regional, merchandise but. in San Diego. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I used to go hang out at the local Comp USA, you know, uh, hang out in the Mac section because they didn't they they didn't really staff that section very well or at all. Um, and, uh, you know, people would come by and look at Macs and uh, I would point out things about them. 
That's uh, yeah. I, I, uh, that's, what's a detail? What's one memory of something that you uh, told people about? Oh, you know, like the EMAC uh, and talking about what a great value it is. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, because it's got a CRT screen, you know, and that's, you know, if you mind that and that it's big, then that's a problem. But if you don't mind that, then it's, you know, what a steal at, at like whatever it was, five ninety nine. you know. It's a, I mean, that's the, the modern experience. There is a line between how much you are like an employee is meant to know and how much it's like you're supposed to prepare and how much like it's just, you know, peer to peer. Because sure. like, that's the thing, like in storage, people do ask other people stuff because you know, they probably know as much as anybody. I mean, sometimes I guess I mean you have to have a, an indicator the other person knows what they're doing. If someone looks, what was your indicator? Do you have a sign? Do you have a button that says "Ask me about Max"? Oh no, I didn't wait to be asked. <laughs> that's, that's intolerable. <laughs> what, so you, you like mean, look Kath, for Kathleen, panic in their eyes yeah, or what? Kathleen doesn't wait to be asked either here. Um, right. No, I mean I would similar to Kathleen here, and I, I fully acknowledge this is one of the worst things. But I think I was young enough at the time; it was probably somewhat endearing. Um, I would uh, just you know look for opportunities where people were like i don't know asking each other like oh i don't know about this one and i'd be like oh actually that one is <laughs> you know um never corrected the staff though that's the thing that was the line i drew which i i feel like is a is a good line <laughs> even if they're wrong you say this is not my place to correct this right staff. I, no i mean like a, you know a staff member well okay never corrected the staff while they were present but you know for example behind let's, their back yes let's say let's say a staff member at CompUSA were to say something, you know, uh, let, let's say recommend, oh, you actually, you might, you might want a different computer because of reason X, Y, and Z. And it, let's say it was wrong, you know, wait for that interaction to finish, then quietly pull the customer aside. <laughs> you Do you actually pull them aside? Well, I mean, you know, and this is pre-COVID times, so you got a lot more leeway to, you know, to, to grab people. Um, but no, I mean, not physically pull them aside, but wait until they're detached from the staff member and then, you know, kind of position yourself near them and and say, oh, by the way, and then correct. Right. OK. Yeah. So were, what was your like standard pose during this? Were you uh, were you like pacing around like a staff member would or I'm sure whatever it was, it was awkward. Um, I mean, like, for example, me, yeah. like between the ages of 12 and 14, I would go to the local stores, which is to say both Toys R Us and Best Buy, okay. mostly to go down the ailes and play the games on demo. Sure. Yeah. That's really fun. Pop, pop, so basically, I would just, activity, yeah. Yeah, I would just do that for, for hours. So, I mean, I mostly just tried not to see, be seen or seen. People say, like, oh, yeah, he's like, do you need any help? Mm. I would say, no, thank you. Uh, I only got. A, I, I did get asked once. I remember when I was fourteen. Uh, people asked me, uh, "Is it better uh, if for like their grandkid to get a PS2 or Dreamcast?" And I said that the Dreamcast is uh, doing badly financially and will be discontinued soon. Which Good was, call. Yeah, I mean, I, I think wow. I did. I could. I was like a. But the, wait. Is it possible you were the downfall of the Dreamcast? <laughs> Possibly. I was. I, I was saying that to millions of people. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I think uh, I think I was I was savvy enough to let them know, you know, uh, what what was up. Uh, I think I, I had animus at the time because I was uh, pro PS2 anti Dreamcast, which I feel kind of gross about now. 
but you know, I was accurate. So yeah. Well, I mean, so I mean, and and my equivalent agenda was you know Mac versus PC, and I was I was pushing the the Macs, and because I had the I I um had I believe the correct interpretation that CompUSA ag- was aggressively pushing people toward buying Windows machines and and away from buying Macs, and so I felt like it was my duty to correct that that There's force. A lot of stuff. I mean, I remember it's I. Is it something like I think actually Microsoft pays them not to have like Linux boxes anywhere or something? Oh, I don't know. I think um, there's actually money being like you know, hmm. it's uh you know Bill Gates taking over the world. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So in this case though, uh, so what there was a question asked. Was his answer? I don't know. What did what did exactly say here? Uh, well, you you've probably got the script somewhere. Um, I I do. Should I read it? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, so she says, "I've I've got a, a, a every um my friend told me I have to I my child has to read the shoe books." Yeah, the first one is, "Do you have the shoe books?" Second line is, "The shoe books? Who's the author?" Ah, and which is I don't, reasonable I don't know. because his his brain is saying, "Yep, could be uh could be Noel Streetfield, could be Jeff McNelly." Yeah, totally. Uh, two different, very valid answers. And, and she says she doesn't know. She doesn't know. And then she is just, that when just, Kathleen butts in, or is there another? Uh, and Kathleen uh, does say, he says, uh, I don't know. My friend told me my daughter, so here I am. And then she uh, butts in with Noel Streetfield. Streetfield. Yes. I don't know. So I would say, um, I mean, Kath- Kathleen is is going through a lot right now. So let's let's not you know necessarily. Um, so I mean, there's there's two questions too here. much for this. But I, question I think one is: in the world of the movie, what is the etiquette? How is this handled? And the second question is: how much of this is like this weird wish fulfillment fantasy? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So in the world of the movie, I think she's doing fine. She's helpful. She's helpful. It, it certainly is not. She's not. She is not portrayed as being imposing here. No, she was pretty quiet. Yep. Yeah. You know, she's uh. You know, she just kind of said what was it, and everyone clapped. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's a weird pro. Okay, so the f- saying I need the books. He says, "What's the author?" That's I guess is the idea. They're going to go to the you know aisle and check. Well, under certainly, if, if the children's books are organized alphabetically, then he could certainly help. You know, find uh, find that one if, if she knew the author. Yeah, I mean, I ask because um, later uh, the question is asked, "How do you spell this?" Which do you need to know the entire name or really own the first four letters? Well, it's it, you know it, it's um. Uh, it, it's certainly a hard to spell name, and <laughs> the, the, the two line, like the, basically, it goes to both the questions in the world of the movie. This would be a helpful thing for actually discovering where the book would be on the shelves. Yes, if they have on the shelves. And the second one is: is this just a weird name that like Kathleen shows up that she can spell this strange name perfectly? <laughs> I mean, I think it's both. Um, but the well, it's it's and it's also. And this is where we get to the Joe Fox reaction. We get a little Joe Fox eye roll at the point where the employee asks how you spell it, right? Yeah, he writes down the name. It says this man must be. Well, which is to say, like, I mean, a different response would have been, oh, right, Noah Stretfield, you know, the the famous children's author. Fantastic. Yep, I know. That's great. I didn't realize that he wrote the shoe books. Great. Let's let's take you to the Stretfield section. So, yeah, how, how far did you research the shoe books? 
well, I searched for a, a poorly spelled version of his name, and then I found the uh, I found a list of books. So I imagine you did not go to Noel Stratfield's uh, wiki page. <laughs> I did not. Uh, is, so Noel Stratfield's full name is Mary Noel Stratfield. Okay, and she is a English author uh, oh. born 1895. Okay, all right, I was just going by Noel. Uh, well, don't assume. Well, clearly. Okay, listen. Here's the beginning. I own a store. We missed it the first time. Did I ever tell you that? Do you have the shoe books? The shoe books? Who's the author? I don't know. My friend told me my daughter has to read the shoe books, so here I am. No, Stretfield. There you go. Nice. Um, what were you imagining when you like if you if you had to guess what was the publication date of the shoe books? Much more contemporary. Absolutely. I mean, just from well, so a the whole shoe concept. And it would well because I was actually legitimately like thinking it was the comic strips because well, I yeah, that was, well, that was that. Part of my mind. But no, the whole idea of like a shoe based franchise, a shoe book franchise. Yeah, like 1936, people were barefoot. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I mean, I, I I was thinking this is. I was thinking maybe 70s or later. Um, I was certainly thinking much more contemporary. Uh, I was obviously thinking male author, which is not true, and I was, and then I and I looked them up and I looked at the images of the books and it confirmed. I said, yeah, this looks like a modern children's book franchise, the shoe books, and that was where my research ended. So are you, this is like the brightly colored stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're brightly colored. They're they again, they look like they're building a franchise. I mean, that's what these books. That's what, certainly what the covers and the and the titles of these books said to me was franchise, franchise, franchise. 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 There is there there is a uh, like there is a tension here. So like this is one more time where Kathleen Kelly gets her validation of like what do people want? What's great? And it's uh, early tw- like twentieth century children's books that like she has a particular fondness for. Which I think is more than the real world has a fondness for, but in the world if you got mail uh, Kathleen knows what people want in yes. its early and, 20th and century. What coincidence of her be, being able to intercept? She she must have been waiting there all day. For, <laughs> exactly. For, there's there's all these scenes uh, cut where all the, you know she doesn't know anything that's contemporary, but she uh, someone wanted this twee British series. Uh, but no, so here's the thing too. Like it's like oh this is like this is authentic stuff. This is you know this is Noel Stratfield. You, if you got to be a real fan. This is not like commodified stuff. But, like, here's the thing that's funny. It's like this series, ballet shoes, the cycle, like, there's circus shoes, theater shoes, party shoes, skating shoes, family shoes, dancing shoes, traveling shoes. Uh, Tennis shoes? Was there a tennis shoe? There is. There's a tennis shoes. There's a white boots. Yeah, so that's part of it, too. So skating shoes is a later publication of white boots. Oh, wow. Okay. So this person, made, like, you know, Noel, came up with a perfect title, white boots. And then it's like, oh, this is going to sell. People want the shoe series. So yeah. So you just, like, republished it under the shoes. I don't know. To me, that feels very kind of that's, – that's basically – you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, playbook. Well, that, again, I mean, that back to how I interpret it, I definitely interpret it as this is a children's book mega franchise. Absolutely. It's huge. Especially the fact, I mean, the notion of this woman is asking for it because she said her friend said that her kid, like, has to read these books. That very much feels like the, oh, these are the hot books right now. I mean, on Wikipedia, on Wikipedia only two of these books have pages. 
Wow. So they're not that popular, and this is in a post-you've-got-mail world. In fact, if you go to Noel Strutfield, like a whole allusions none of works just has a paragraph about you've got mail. So this so, is one. So new theory then. Okay. Kathleen is imagining this interaction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and Joe is looking on, confused but sympathetically, <laughs> at Kathleen talking to herself about the shoe books. I could believe that. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I I like it. It's it's. Uh, I mean. It, just in the world of, you know, there's something kind of like, they told me my daughter has to read it, which is just like, you have people like Kathleen out there who build a demand and then, you know, kind of manufacture this this, this clamor for a book that she will then, you know, sell. It and just then put them on the blockchain, ideally. I mean, I don't it just it's the chattering class just kind of like building up its own hype for its own stuff. You know, it's it's I don't know. Like, it's, I mean, that's certainly how I interpret that. I mean, yes, the 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 well, which, again, led me to ah, this must be the latest, you know, the latest mega franchise. Um, OK, there's a funny I found I wrote down. I don't. I didn't realize I took this extreme of a stance on it, but I did write down really funny crying interaction. <laughs> that's a bit. That's a bit bleak. Well, which is to say, it's it's funny that if you take it from the perspective of this random person who just wants to find this book, the idea that like this sobbing woman at the table <laughs> is the, is is correcting the sales associate and. <laughs> Theater shoes and dancing shoes, and I'd start with ballet shoes first. It's my favorite. <laughs> Although skating shoes is completely wonderful, and it's out of print. Stretfield, like that—that's quite it's funny. It's, and it's meant, the, it's meant the, to be funny. The woman buying it, she's very kind of serious. She nods. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very like deli counter uh, reaction, you know. It's just like she just wants this book. <laughs> It's, it's really good. It's, but I, I do think it's. I mean, it's meant to be a little funny in terms of it's. It's this like. Uh, it, it's well, I think absurd. The joke that is meant to be conveyed is that she is still like making a completely coherent, involved endorsement of the book, even though she is like barely keeping it together. Yes, combined. I think her competence the, is the joke. Well, combined with the absurdity of. Being recommend, being given a again perfectly coherent book recommendation in a store by this like you know sobbing woman, and then going right and then and then and this you know twerp. this twerp is carrying a book that was made in 1996. You know, that's uh, gross. What have uh, you done, Davy? By Bridget Weninger. Uh, just just modern, just modern crap. Absolutely, yeah. it's pablum for the masses. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, Okay, there's two changes in the in the uh, the original script, and I, I, I maybe I, I think should share them now. Okay. Uh, so the first thing is she she in the movie she recommends ballet shoes and skating shoes. I would start with skating shoes. It's my favorite, but ballet shoes is completely wonderful. So like the opposite order. Interesting. I, okay. I, I, I thought like oh is it because ballet ballet shoes was the first published 1946. The rest mm. of the books go through 1949. Uh, but I don't think there's any real you know chronology. So it doesn't I mean really you matter. mean white boots? Uh, I, I I believe Kathleen is the canonical thing. Mm. Okay, so this is this is pretty funny. So uh, how do you spell that? She says 
street field, you know, she spells it. Woman shopper, thank you. As she walks away, Kathleen, to herself, they know nothing. They know absolutely nothing. <laughs> Which is incredibly unsympathetic. Which, I, I mean, I don't know if they filmed that or what. That's such... Like, I, mean, I usually say <laughs> they, oh, don't, that was they don't know this obscure series from from the, you know, early uh, 20th century. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I mean, I'll just say a lot of times they say, oh, they kind of tried something. It really work. Uh, the Efron sisters. I would say this. The fact they wrote that down there. I mean, it just really paints Kathleen as a villain written by people who don't realize how much of a villain she is. Sure. Yeah. It's an incredibly gross line. Just it's very it's just very like you know just weird high school shooter you know kind of vibe too yeah yeah so that's 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 part of the script. Um, the uh, let's see, and then um, uh, oh, one more thing I had here, and then I think we can close this out. I, I have uh, one more oh, thing no, after okay. that. Real quick, one more thing for me is the Fox logo on the employee shirt is very nice. Well, it's, nice button down shirt with a sharp Fox logo. On it's a, it's a polo style shirt, right? Uh, it might be polo. You might I think be it's right. polo. I yeah. actually, I kind of disagree. The shirt oh. is like this. It's like this forest green, and the fox logo is bright orange, which sure. I'd say that's a bit of a bold combo. As opposed to the rest of the Barnes and Noble inspired stuff, it's more kind of like, you know, kind of some sort of uh, earth tone shades. Mm. And honestly, I would say it's less of a garish clash than what you see in that shirt. Mm. It's fine, mm. but I'd say if the shirt was like. Like tan, I think would be better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. One, one note. I also say like, okay. So now, if you imagine, if you're searching for this, let's say, I mean, they probably like every bookstore would have its own kind of uh, service to like search for stuff, and they do. Yep. But like, let's say you just want info, you mm. would go to the internet, you t- go to Amazon, and type in the shoe books. And okay. My question to you is, what do you do? You get the answer? Uh, y- yes. Okay, so uh, there are eight results that pop up. If you get this, number one is sponsored, uh, Sneaker Mayhem, the ultimate sneaker book for sneakerheads. So that's that's a miss. I'm I don't get that. I see. I go straight into ballet shoes. That's the well. I that's the for, first sponsor. The second one is ballet shoes, part of I'm the not, shoe book. I'm so. not seeing any sponsored results in the in the results that I'm seeing. Oh, interesting. I, so you must be page. under some. You must be a target. So mine is okay. One sneaker. Oh mayhem. wait, sorry, sorry. I do see Judy is on a mission to help empaths. Don't know that one. <laughs> I got Sneaker Freaker, the ultimate sneaker book. So there, there is the first one is the ultimate sneaker book for sneakerheads okay. uh, by, by Golden Line Publications. Not confused with the ultimate sneaker book uh-huh. total. <laughs> so not I for sneakerheads. That. That's by Simon that. Wood and Martin Holtz. Oh, but, it is. It's way down in results, but I do see that down there. Okay. okay. Three is Complex Presents Sneaker of the Year, the best since 85. Uh, the fifth result is Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Yep. Uh, six is Dancing Shoes, the shoe books. Yeah. Then there's 1,000 sneakers. I get all. F- I get five shoe book. I get ballet, theater, dancing, skating, skating. And then uh, theater shoes. So I get. I mean, I get eight results, and three are the series. I think you'd put it together. I got none of the the, the cartoon books, which is uh, the comic strips. By, sure. Yeah. Which is a bit of a bit of a uh, problem. But I mean, you know, the overall result is it does resolve correctly. It absolutely does. I mean, again, I'm, I'm getting. I mean, the, yeah, the first five here. Are right. No, actually, no. Sorry, even more than that. The first seven are are all shoe books and the, and the right shoe books. So interesting. Uh, yeah. Question two is like, is this working within the like 
the amount of... I mean, the employee for Fox and Sons, he is more or less a cog in a larger machine. Is he working well? Like, is this, like, I... Is the value add of someone who, like, is a know-it-all that much better than this guy who's doing okay? I think he's doing fine as a cog. Certainly, if Kathleen was not there, I think they still would have successfully found their way to the shoe books. It probably would have taken, let's say, twice as much time. Yeah, and I think they would have had twice as much fun. Sure, yeah. They would have discovered some cool stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it just, I, I think, I don't know. I, I think in the script, in the kind of background, it's like she is justified as triumphing. But I think really, I, I don't know. I, I, I think even in this best case weird wish filming scenario, she didn't add that much. Well, I think in the world of the movie, this is supposed to be a more popular book series than it is in, in the, in, in terms of like this is supposed to be something that they actually, that the, that a bookstore employee actually legitimately would know or should know as part of their job. I think that's the implication. Certainly that's the implication in the, in the original uh, version where Kathleen is uh, saying they know nothing. Yeah. Uh, a question for you. Uh, you said Joe's eyes at the end. Yes. What do you, what do you, what are you well, reading? So Joe does a little mini eye roll. It's not a full eye roll, but he does about a half eye roll. Uh, and I interpreted that as, oh, this, you know, this guy's clueless. He, you know, he's asking the wrong question here, you know, or, or he doesn't, you know, his follow up question of how do you spell that is super dumb. That's how I interpreted Joe's interpretation or jo- Joe's reaction to his handling of the situation. Yeah, of like, I mean, oh, I, sigh, he asked such a dumb question. That was early, but at the end, he looks just a little bit more. I mean, like it's pity. right when it's when it's right during the how do you spell that comment? Absolutely, but at yeah. the end, he's showing pity, right? Oh yeah, but at the end, that pity is for Kathleen. Sure, but I guess re- talk more about this pity. Uh, he's he is pity that Kathleen is now spending her days <laughs> crying Loitering. in the children's book section. <laughs> what it was like thinking like is this like her new sort of protest? She's spent every day just like bumming out the place. Because <laughs> honestly, like protesting outside versus just like showing up the children's book sections and being a bummer that might yeah. be a better value add. Well, I think they actually could ask you to leave, or they you know they could. They they could actually kick you out if you were causing a problem inside. Whereas if you're if you're causing a problem, you know, on the on the curb, they can't do anything to you. I guess so. I guess so. I mean, so do, would you say do you see remorse or kind of like the fact that he knows he's responsible? Or? Yeah, he's starting to realize the the consequence of his actions. But he's also, I think, just directly sympathetic of oh wow, this does suck for her. Yeah, I mean, I think she looks she looks sad. I think it's just a normal kind of empathetic response. Yeah, I mean, I laughed when I saw it, but, you know, that's... It's, I, mean, I think we've been primed more than ever to be kind of just upset with the character and, and kind of being gleeful. And that's the thing. Like, he has been, he's been very uh, kind of keyed into being annoyed with Kathleen Kelly. Sure, yeah. Probably even more than us. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, like, he, he zinged her. Yeah. Uh, no, did he I mean, go too I, far? I, I say I laugh more from the perspective of yes, he did go too far. I, I laugh mean, more. It's very like leptorium. It, it's a funny. It's a. It's an absurdist, funny scene in my mind. You know, just in terms of like, yeah. Again, back to the absurdity of it. Sure. Um, all right. Um, anything? A little fantastic, Mr. Fox uh, book features in the background. Yeah, it's a great nice. play. It's great books. Yeah, yeah, it is. They got good. Selection. Okay, now scene, scene two. Scene the second. So uh, Patricia Eden is going to... <laughs> the wish fulfillment really ratchets it up here. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Patricia Eden is about to give a great description of Kathleen Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the way home from somewhere uh, in a taxi with uh, with Joe Fox. So we we're gonna listen to that. Uh, right. About. Mm. I'm still seeing him looking in a little bit. Yep. Yeah, oh, he's showing concern. The, oh, and was in the air, Joe. Just like that. Everyone was talking about her today. Kathleen Kelly and her situation. And I was thinking that she'd make a great children's book editor. What makes you think that? Well, she knows everything. She has flawless taste. She's famous for it. And the salesmen swear by her. If she likes the book, it sells. Period. So you're gonna offer what? You're gonna offer her a job? Well, what else has she got to do? Well, now that she's destitute. <laughs> Thanks to you. You know, I don't see her working for you. Why not? Because she lacks a killer instinct. She's never fired anybody. Look at that little shop of hers. Those people have been there forever. Until recently, when they all lost their jobs. Uh, thanks to you. Call the elevator! Miss Eden. Mr. Fox? Hello, Charlie. The fateful elevator yeah, I call. I how you've totally forgotten that you've had any role in her current situation. Okay, let's talk about All right, it. yeah. Whoa, lots to unpack here. Okay, so there's a central conflict here. If you were describing this at its kind of broadest terms, mm-hmm. Uh, Patricia says she wants to hire uh, Kathleen, and Joe says, like, gives reasons why that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, the real question is, does Joe really not want her to hire Kathleen, or is he just being disagreeable because that's his natural mode of talking? Um, I think he is... Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Okay, so does he actually not want her to hire Kathleen? I think he, I think he, he does not want her to hire Kathleen, but... Probably for the reason of he doesn't. He doesn't want his cyber cyber flame to be close to his real life. Yeah, I mean maybe siloing or kind of just like breaking off with the past and like that's a that's a that's a wound. I'd rather not touch that. Uh, maybe or just like a wow that creates a lot of uh, potential for more awkward situations and problems. If if you know if Kathleen is working closely, you know with Everyone with I, my girlfriend. What? Um, I I mean I just I don't think the real dynamics of it are clear. Yeah. I don't think there's really any reason. I think he just disagrees with people because that's his like need. I mean I'm, it's very relatable. Yeah. That's how kind of I if anyone says <laughs> anything, I will just immediately. Well, why might you be wrong? Uh-huh. Uh It's just a it's a very charming, pleasant way to respond to people. Sure. Yeah. 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 So I I don't know I I don't think his heart's in it I think he's just kind of on autopilot. Yeah, sure, that's fair. That's that's, fair. that's my reading. At least. It's yeah, it's at the end of a long day. Um, exactly, which is about to get longer. Okay, I mean so- his, his conscience is starting to kind of prickle, but uh, you know I mean uh, Patricia makes a very big pitch on why Kathleen would be the perfect hire. Yes, she's got a whole. She's got her scoped out. She's got. She's got say, the. Say more. She's got the scouting report on Kathleen Kelly. Kathleen Kelly's a five tool player. <laughs> uh, the four tool. Four tool. Well, one. She's there, ta- one, the talk two, of the town. Three, four, yeah, four. Four tool. I counted four. She. Uh, oh, oh. Okay, talk of the town. I don't have that on here. She is the talk of the town. I know, but that's not in the list that she gives. But it's sure. preface. Okay, okay yeah, talk yeah. of the town. She knows everything. She absolutely. She knows how to spell Noel Stridfield. <laughs> she knows everything. She has flawless taste. She's famous for it. She's notably famous. This for it. feels very unearned. <laughs> it 
absolutely. If this happened earlier in the movie, I think the fact that this is loaded late in the movie, no one really cares. Everything kind of is just like flowing. But if you had this as an introduction to a character, this is just the worst uh, kind of just at yeah, absolutely unearned ways of this is a remarkable person <laughs> because like you absolutely like I none of these okay it's just saying she's famous for it don't tell show how who with among whom like the edit the publishing scene yeah I don't think so I mean right it's and no previous behavior or, or, or um, there is no sign that Patricia's company has ever heard of this small bookstore. Right. Exactly. Yes. Like I, and I don't think Patricia's ever talked about her until now. Um. Uh. I mean, we we know they're aware of each other because they met at, at Vince Mancini's. But I, did she actually say that she has the bookstore, and or was she just like I, a person? I don't know if she only cares about Frank, who's famous for I being know, the, the top scholar of the Rosenbergs. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I mean, okay. you think at the time she's like, "Oh, you're Kathleen Kelly. You're yeah, famous you're... <laughs> for your flawless taste." <laughs> well, so I, I could see how there's a bit of this. I mean, you know, the, there was the whole protest that happened and the shop shutting down. There's a bunch of publicity around that. So, do you think Frank manufactured the legend of Kathleen? Possibly, uh, I mean, certainly. If if, oh, so here's an inter- right. So so if children's book editor, if Patricia reads, well, listen, I love this line. She knows everything. She has flawless taste. She's famous for it. You know, the salesmen swear by her. If she likes the book, it sells. Period. Period. So you're gonna offer what you offer. She likes the book. It sells. Period. So here's the theory. Um. Patricia Eden of Eden Books of Eden Books she she is a a um an avid uh, reader of uh what's the what's the, the, the paper? observer the observer yes she's an avid reader of the observer and i guess frank has been has been spewing articles about the shop around the corner we only know about the one but i ca- i i you know i and that one was more about kind of the role of the bookstore in large. But I imagine you have a few extras about like you know follow ups. Well, just, when just it closes, there's the got to be something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, so maybe there's. I mean, basically, yes. Frank has has created buzz among the publishing circles because they they read the Observer. <laughs> but the second thing is salesmen swear by her. That's which, weird. Which I would say as a person in the publishing industry i absolutely imagine that she knows people who sell the books and who can actually push the books but like this is not a big outlet like i don't know how much eden books has children's books you have no indication they actually even sell children's books but imagine they do like well she's looking to hire a children's book editor they better that's a not a bad point so at least they have something but like here's the thing one I don't, I mean, it seems like most of the stuff in her bookstore were established books, not by Eden Books. Like, these are all classics in the most Sure, part. yeah. yeah. And well, but like, that's maybe the fresh perspective she could bring to Eden Books is, hey, let's discover the next, you know, the modern classics, the uncovered gems, with her using her flawless taste to do so. Possibly, but I guess, like, if you're looking at the records, I can't imagine that the shop around the corner was dazzling salesmen, mm-hmm. insofar as, like, they went out of business. Like, they did not, mm. like, they were yeah, selling I, worse I, than the median bookstore. I agree. Uh, but with that said, should we write a fan fiction where Kathleen Kelly gets hired? 
have eaten books as the children's book editor? Uh, you can. Okay. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll support it. I'll support it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then the last trait is if she likes the book, it sells. Period. That's kind of. I mean, I think that's kind of a line it, it's with a, the salesman. It's a clarification on the salesman. Yes, possibly. Her, yeah. But yeah. I mean, so it makes it like salesman give her options, and she finds the one she likes. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mean, think salesmen would like people who just buy whatever. Yeah. It's, I mean, this this monologue is... It's weird. It's like, it, this is an extremely weird thing to put in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the movie. Like, it, honestly, it, I It find, all feels extremely unearned, and... I mean, I, I, I don't mind it so much as it's not, it's not functional, you know? It's funny. It's funny, but, like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, there's a there's a scene I just want to say before it there's a scene cut out where bef- like before the ex like get into the taxi it's Joe at his computer in a different room saying I'm sorry and then he deletes his email oh this is a small okay. scene I do have so there is a possible alternate framing of this whole Patricia diatribe okay which is that the the behavior of Kathleen that she's describing is actually in her capacity as sobbing person at Fox Books. <laughs> hmm. And she's created such a reputation as this person who hangs around the children's section at Fox Books that she's the talk of the town as a result of that. So she's just like this kind of, you know, uh, this comical figure that like, yes. people are like drawing in cartoons of, you know, well, the, the famous the, sobbing the, woman. The reason I say this mainly is uh, that shirt is not green. That shirt is gray and the fox is an appropriate color of orange on top of that gray. Also, you, it's you, you, a, me, it me, is a Mia culpa, Mia culpa, you're right. Yeah. Um, so, no, that the, the salesmen swear by her to me read a little bit like, wow, yeah, the fox book salesman now. <laughs> Swear by this random lady's advice. I don't know. It's 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 weird. I know. I, I mean, I'll say. I mean, one. Do like? Would she make a good editor? I, I no. I mean, I don't see one the indication that any of her skills. Okay, two. That, I mean, like the way that Patricia said she has good taste. Does this alone make you a good editor? I don't think. I think you maybe need to like earn it a bit more from like actually showing any sort of editing. Sure. Uh, the second one is Joe's response is she cannot work for you because she lacks the killer instinct. She can't fire people. And the other question is, is that actually part of the editing? Well, I mean, definitely the. I don't know about the. Fi- I mean, firing is maybe just an example of this, but like, you know, certainly you have to be pretty aggressive about. Uh, turning people down and only pursuing certain You have to be able to say no to people. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you have to right. You have to be. You have to be the bad cop in a lot of in a lot of instances. Right. So, so fan, fan theory is it possible uh, that Patricia's had her eye on on uh, on Kathleen for a long time, and the bankrupting of Shop Around the Corner was the long game to poacher. No, it is not possible. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it, there's like this weird conspiracy kind of vibe going on. These are the power brokers of the world just playing yeah. with the pawns. Yeah. So I don't know. Like they're just laughing about the the, the plight of these people. It's true. I don't know. It's, it's just thought. Uh, okay, and then um, the so as part of the exchange, they're walking down the hallway. Uh, there's this whole exchange about how Kathleen cannot fire anyone because she her her employees have been there forever. Is this a is this is this a statement that Joe Fox believes her employees are not good and should be fired? 
or is he saying, well, if an employee has lasted that long, or you know, any employee that that is employed that long, you know, must need. She must have needed to fire at least one of them, given how long they've been there. I mean, it could be either because the average employee is bad. You must, you know, she had to show some sort of, I mean, what are the chances to get lucky three right. times? If she's never fired an employee and she runs a, a bookstore, it's, at least from his perspective, it seems unlikely that she's taking the right approach to hiring and firing. Christina is at most 24 years old, right? Um, right? Like, she's not 30. She's like... Yeah, like, I mean mid twenties, yeah. I mean, yeah, mid mid to mid to late twenties at George, yeah. you know, thirty five at sure. tops. You yeah, know? yeah. I can't imagine like. So maybe he's just got it out for Birdie. <laughs> I mean, I Birdie has canonically been hired for a very long time. This is just this veiled attack at Birdie. It's actually <laughs> he's he's trying to couch it in these terms of like, oh, these employees that have been there forever. Her Bur- whole staff is the problem. She can't fire anyone. Really, he just means Birdie is useless and needs to be fired. Which Bur- Birdie seems- is a terrible accountant. She's famous for it. <laughs> That's true. Um, Famously uh, incompetent at keeping the books. Ran the place right into the ground. Absolutely. Um, Anyway. uh, Okay. Anything else on um, anything else on the hallway walk or the um, other parts of this exchange? No, not really. Other than the fact I just really do like, I mean, I think uh, for, I, I think, there's a mixture of of Tom Hanks showing like just kind of I think really sappy remorse and more of this weird sleepwalking ennui, and he's showing the ennui so much more, and I think I think it really works. It's a good performance. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and that uh, that definitely uh, goes into the next uh, scene, which is the elevator sequence. Okay, so they're uh, about well, first of all. This is the second time we see Charlie because we 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 saw him very briefly early in the movie, right? Oh, did we? Yeah, because well, oh, remember when, when she were... was getting the espresso on the way out? Yes, yes. And I I think it's like hold it for me, and we see Charlie just for a very brief moment. Oh, uh, little did we know at the time. Charlie is of course played by the great Michael Bataluco. Ah. who you probably know best from The Sopranos, from oh, uh, the man who wasn't there, yes. from uh, right. The Practice. You oh. Know? Mm, okay. Yeah, great, 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 great actor. You know, yeah. all over the place back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but uh, yeah, he is uh, reprising his roles as Charlie. Very good. And Charlie is uh, um, Charlie's the elevator uh, operator in this building. Correct. Which must mean it's a very fancy building. Yeah, I mean, actually, that's one more thought about uh, the hallways. They walk from the door inside. It's. It's a bit dour. Like, oh yeah. It's, it's oh, it's very... it's like a it's a, a a haunted building. It's like the yeah. It's like it's someone's turned off the lights and it's it's like creepy hallway. It, it has like the weird like oh you entered an office after hours yeah. and like the janitor's yes. out when really this is presumably normal hours. Well, it's you know it's it's night, possibly later at night. You know, it just um, seems unsafe how kind of dark the hallway is. And then there's like weird stuff. There's like a stained glass thing in the background. I just I think it's supposed to be. I mean, less. I've been in buildings like this for residential buildings like this for sure. Um, Light your hallway, or, or is this a way of like is this a way of like showing like oh if you're like this kind of crappy uh, you know apartment building that doesn't have a doorman? Well, there is you have a to doorman. There, that's what I'm saying. If it's a, right now. if it's a lower class place, you have to 
have a brightly lit hallway to feel safe. But we are showing our luxury by having a dark hallway where you wouldn't feel safe. That is, if you didn't have a doorman, which sure. we do. I mean, they go from, I mean, there's a pretty light, lit, uh, brightly lit lobby there. And they go past a stained glass window and into a dimly lit elevator lobby area. It's creepy. Here we go. You know, I love how you've totally forgotten that you've had any role in her current situation. So obtuse. It's so insensitive. Reminds me of someone. Who? Who does it remind me of? Me! <laughs> what is going on? Could be stuck. <sighs> Charlie proceeds to press all the buttons. This protocol. Charlie, what are you doing? I hope this thing doesn't plummet to the basement. Can it do that? No. Not plummet to the basement. Hi, this is Joe Fox. Who's this? Juan? Juan, we are stuck in the elevator between the sixth and seventh floor. Well, there's four of us. Yes, and if you don't get your ass up here in two shakes and get us the hell out of here! Hi, Juan? Yeah. Listen. Call the super, and then 911. 911. The fire department. That's right. Yeah, thank you very much. Everyone should jump in the air. What? They're about to jump. We jump. The elevator thinks no one is here, and it opens. That's right. Ah, he knows elevators. Let's let's one, uh, stop after two. the jump. Three, jump. There nice. Go. Good job. Great jump. Okay. Let's talk about it. Wow. So, four people in the elevator. Correct. Can you name them all? I can name three of them. Okay. We got Charlie, yeah. the operator. Yeah, correct. We've got Joe, the fox. We have uh, Mr. Fox. Mr. Fox. And we've got Patricia, the Eden. He says Miss Eden. He knows his station. He, he oh, and he him. must. Does he? Does he acknowledge the other person by name? Uh, not. No, he doesn't. Okay, but we have her name from the script. We, we have her name from the script. She actually. She was a character I mentioned earlier. There was this long, involved sequence, uh, with someone who like was just completely cut. Mm. This is the legendary Veronica Grant has written her memoirs. What? And it's crammed with tragedy, and you know they talk about this, and like there's this big scene about Patricia. Is this like the this is the the um, apartment building where everyone from the publishing industry has their homes? Apparently, I mean, I when when Veronica was introduced earlier, this was happening at a separate place. This was Patricia giving a conference to wholesalers. At an auditorium cool. at the Museum of Broadcasting. That sounds fun. So she's talking about Veronica's new book is going to be huge. Uh, and at the end, says, I'm especially thrilled to publishing it. Veronica lives in my building, and we met in the elevator. By the time we traveled from the eighth floor to the first, we had a deal. First printing one million copies. Everyone applauds. So it, you know, she has, been, she has been introduced, and... Uh, then uh, we know that she lives in the building, and then it's paid off later that we see Veronica. And, like, just, they don't even re really reintroduce her. It just, originally in the script, Joe says, hello, Charlie, and Veronica. So. Okay. That's, I mean, what a coincidence. Yeah. Charlie, another line is, Miss Grants, this is what Charlie says. 
Uh, okay, so Patricia's line is referencing that same story. Last time you were in an elevator, we made the deal of a century. What's going to happen this time? <laughs> so, you know, just uh, make sure that you tell the story twice. So good. Patricia says, uh, Patricia says that Charlie responds, Miss Grant's going to get me a part in one of her movies. That's what's going to happen. And Veronica says, in your dream, Charlie. So she's a, <laughs> I, I guess she's writing memoirs, but she's famous for being an actress, apparently. All right. Okay. Or a director or some, some something in the, in the movie biz. Just like that. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's Veronica Grant. She is, she's credited as Veronica Grant. She's, uh, if you go to like the Wikipedia page for You've Got Mail, she is one of like, uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen characters. And uh, Veronica Grant is one of them. Wow. Top billing. Top billing. Yeah, right right after uh, Skylar Fox, right before Annabelle. Wow. So I don't know about that. She doesn't do a whole lot in actual <laughs> movie as exists, but there you go. Well, it's a good performance in the elevator. It's, I mean, it's very it's just solid. It's not a whole lot to do. It's not bad. Yeah, but... I mean, it's solid. Um, okay. So then, let's see. So, yeah, so it's it's a – there's a, we have another oh, – By the way, comedic- this is Kate Shishu Stanford. 9.1 FM. Unless you're listening on the podcast. No, it's not. You got mail. Um, you're full. Of- so, there's, so this whole elevator situation, I mean, part of the joke is that Charlie is a very bad elevator operator. Yes. I, well, he's he's actually great at the stuff that elevator operators practically he's good soft s- skills. spend most of their time doing, right? Which is welcoming people, remembering people's names, um, you know, making people feel, uh, you know, just like brightening people's days, right? What kind, I mean, doormen are a big thing in New York City, Manhattan, at least. Like, sure. At least among the you know upper class. Sure. Are elevator operators still a thing? Uh, I mean, I think in very fancy buildings, yes. Like, I don't. I is it? I I remember reading some articles about like you know the last elevator operators in New York City. You know, there's like there's definitely are still elevator operators in New York City. My que- I guess my question is. Of buildings with doormen, what yeah. percentage have elevator operators? Oh, I don't know. Probably, I would say I mean, low single digits. Yeah, I was going to say less than 10%, um, yeah. probably less than 5%. Yeah. I mean, because there's just way less of a practical need for elevator operators versus the practical need for, you know, a door person. I mean, I guess, like, are they really, like, a backup doorman? Like, if a, if someone kind of gets by the first one, you still have one guy who's essentially going to police the floors. Uh, no. I mean, it's more of just, like, a legacy. Well, so, A, part of it's a legacy thing, right? Of, of From a time when elevators were, you know, not intuitive to operate. Yeah. Um, and then uh, part of it is a... Again, just a, making people feel welcome, brightening people's days, etc. And and then because you have an opportunity for an extended interaction with an elevator operator, whereas as you don't with with you know someone at the front desk or at the door, right? I think people do hang around and talk. Uh, I mean, I think I you know I like read New Yorker or people to like tell personal anecdotes about their you know. No, no, but you have to actually stop to do that. Whereas sure. the elevator, you're, you're stuck need, with them. <laughs> you're going to need to spend time in it anyway, and so the elevator operator kind of helps. Fill that time and brighten that time with some some small talk. You know, they probably remember things about you, and you know, and and, and you know. So some people at? probably appreciate that. that. You know, to me, that that sounds kind of uh, you know, kind of hellish. Uh, that like whenever... I prefer stairs for good reason. I do not like, <laughs> yeah. I, like uh, whenever yeah. you want to go. You know, go in, go out, or in your building. That someone will a know that you're doing that. 
frankly. Uh, <laughs> there, I mean, when I'm looking for a place, uh, I I search for at least in the last couple of years, you know, private entrance because yes. I <laughs> I enjoy the some kind of idea of privacy of people will not know when I'm coming and going. It's yes. just it's a nice feeling. Whereas now, you know, elevator operator very equipped to know that at all times. I, their job is also to be discreet. If you're sure, showing up in an embarrassing situation, you know, it's like they're there to look the other way, never share the news, but still you, you have to know they know. Of course, of course. And probably gossip with the other employees of the... Of no, the it's their uh, the job not to do that. If no. they do that, you know, they're, <laughs> they're literally... That's I think true. that's it's kind of... I mean, they can only do it if everybody has the code of America. Sure, yes, yes. Um, so, but but then there's these other functions of an elevator operator, which, you know, um, actually you probably might deem the more essential ones, where if anything were to go wrong with the elevator, they're the one best positioned to respond, troubleshoot, uh, and and fix the situation. I don't think they really have to know, like, deeply what goes on, but I, mean, I think Charlie shows... You know, unusually poor understandings of, of elevator <laughs> operations. Yes, uh, I mean, you know, it, it, comedically so, but that's the point. Sure, I mean, it's it's the joke, but it's still yeah. it's still a bit annoying. Uh, sure. Um, so he, yeah, he pushes. Is, is he, this wish fulfillment for for Joe in this? Yes, absolutely, because it, it tees up a softball for Joe, where he's able to very similar to in um, Zabar's. Yeah. Very similar to the grocery store, he's able to. Save the day with his cool-headed problem-solving. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, before we get into this, I just well, one note. In the original script, er, uh, people start saying profanities. I think you see uh, right after it stops, Patricia is mouthing a certain profanity. Oh. But they... Uh, they not, bleeped uh, it. But that's, I that's, think the loud, just, that's the loud beep you hear. <laughs> I think they just took the, the the word out, so you just see her mouth moving, and making no sound. So <laughs> well, which could be her silently, you know, mouthing to herself, you know, an obscenity. Oh, that's I, not I think very it's a way like of just her preserving PG or something. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's Although, not, it's I, not very like her to not say it out loud. Um, you know, I love how you've totally forgotten. So this is scene right here. Yeah, Patricia is more or less teeing up this whole thing of. You are just like me. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, that, she's psyched. Is this a way of just kind of talking about? <laughs> is what what what's is there a clear motivation of just kind of like we're a great couple? Because, uh, well, I think I read it as, hey, this has been a common point of disagreement between the two of them, where he probably you know gives her a little bit of of uh you know flack for uh being whatever you know being having all these qualities of being ruthless and and not caring about other people and whatever she's getting him back here by saying hey actually you know you're you're just like me possibly but it does have a lot of like kind of uh something in common earlier where like Skyler and Nelson are just like we're the bad guys. We love to shoot down small bookstores. <laughs> we're we loved you know, sure, you know sure. just you know hold up our evilness and like Patricia is essentially saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I I mean, which is cool in a, in a dark building with a you know with, with a fancy elevator uh, uh, operator. Yeah, yeah. You go down to the lair and everyone hangs out. Yeah, and exactly. In there. Uh, and a woman petting a dog. <laughs> Absolutely, a small dog. Um, I, I just it's it's a. Uh, 
I don't know. It's 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 not many people are this openly just you know comfortable being evil. But you know. sure. So um, okay, and then the, so the the solutions they try. So so we've got um, the well, I guess first. So so Joe Fox does his cool headed problem solving of calling up Juan, uh, the I don't know maintenance person. I guess. That, that is a question, yeah. Who is Juan? Juan is on the other end of a red phone that Joe picks up and immediately talks to. Juan is Juan is there. I mean, Juan, Juan is, is yeah. talking within within a second. Yeah, which I mean, with a red phone, that's what you want, you know. That's... Exactly. So we know only a few things. Juan, you know, is able to say that he he is at the other end of the call. He's he says, "I am Juan." Yes, and. Uh, Joe says, "Please contact the super," and then the fire department. Yeah, and and Joe, you know, so Joe is definitely treating Juan like he is dumb. If I if I knew nothing else, I would say that Juan is the super, but we know that he isn't either that or he is. And Joe, I, I would say that Joe knows he's not the super. So he's some sort of intermediary. Which who is this? What is this role? Well, so we, I mean, but the super wouldn't necessarily be on premises. Right or the super usually would have some apartment on the first floor okay. and be yeah. designated or and something. And be attached to the red phone. Well, no, this is a much <laughs> well, fancier building than that, though. I mean, this is like that's I more think... of a slumlord thing. Yeah, but I still say you have uh, even in a nicer place. You'd have someone who is just designated as being kind of oh the guy in charge who lives on site, right? Uh, the person in charge, but sure. Uh, so I mean, I, I I mean yes, but I think the red phone goes to building maintenance. I don't think the red phone goes to uh, you know uh, building administration, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess in a smaller place you would combine them. Oh, a side question: In uh, this is not as fancy a place as uh, what we saw in uh, was a park place in uh, in in the cocktail. Uh, that's true. I mean, the, the, Mooney, the, the, the cocktail penthouse. building is like the fanciest building in the city, and they did not have elevator operators. Uh, is that true? Yeah, because at the end, uh, yeah, we had uh, we had uh, 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 Brian's able to just jump in and go up to the top floor. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, it's possible they there was an elevator operator nearby, it just wasn't. But yeah, normally they hang out in the elevator. Um, just just saying. So, but I mean, I, so I read this as like some sort of possibly casual racism here of the like, hey, this Juan guy in maintenance. So you've got, you know, Hispanic maintenance stereotype. He's also dumb uh, and surprised about needing to call 911 to fix the elevator. And, and you know, and Joe, the, the you know, whatever, you know, very, very smart uh, white man in the elevator is is able to talk, you know, Juan through this this process, which Juan is so surprised about. I mean, Joe, Joe has a combination of he, like, look, I mean, I, I would say the movie does spend a lot of time talking about how people treat service workers. Sure. You know, and compare, like, you know, Joe versus Kathleen. I mean, Patricia is like a key example. Patricia is just actively like rude and hostile sure and demanding and well, just, she just, seizes the phone and starts just yelling for no good reason yeah yeah absolutely yes. just just you know just the worst thing you do kathleen uh really just says, like says like even though you're just someone who's like a service worker please understand i'm a special person yes she feels entitled but is it and her her <laughs> She her wants special de- treatment. Yes, her her demeanor is very. Uh, she's not. She's not angry. Right. She's very kind. She's very. You know. Very. Very. Whatever. You know. All shucks. But she's. But she's doing so because she feels very entitled to, uh, to the best treatment. What are you doing? 
Yeah, and I'd say Joe is, he's also very kind. He's actually very straightforward, but he's extremely condescending. Yes, yes, for sure. Which um, is not, I mean, I'd say it's probably the best of the bunch. It's not great. <laughs> uh, and uh, Frank, I don't think Frank interacts with service workers. No, never. Never. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't believe so, but I don't. It's 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 something about him, uh, and uh, so I mean, but I guess I mean the question is really: is this an intentional choice to kind of uh, be portraying? Hey, Joe uh, learns this guy's name is Juan, and then immediately starts talking to him in a condescending way. Um, I just think this is like this is part of his. Like this is just who thing. he is. Yeah. I mean, okay. It, I mean, I wrote here. Uh, here's a few questions. Uh, just like based in like one of the questions is, uh, what does maturity mean? I, I think the line here is that Joe is certainly more mature than Patricia. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And but the question is, in which way does his maturity really manifest itself? And I would say like he views himself and kind of operates not as a person among people, but as a god among. You know, mere mortals, and like <laughs> which, he has this, he has yeah, this he has well, this, yeah, which keeps him in check a little bit. Does it? How? Yeah, in terms of like he feels a responsibility to you know to to be cool headed about things. I mean, he knows that he is in charge and is going to make it work. Yeah. So he is always very uh, kind of calm. He just is. He just is completely bored with everyone and the world. Certainly, by this point, yes. Yeah, uh, but but back to back to protocol. I mean, so Charlie's just freaking out, pressing buttons for no good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he says, "Let's all jump at the same time." Yes. Here's the thing: like, one, this is clearly not a good idea, and two is, I believe, it is actively a dangerous idea. Sure. Yet Joe does not stop them. In fact, he even jumps. That's true. Uh, well, I think again, Joe is cool-headed. Uh, he knows the chances of this causing problems are relatively low. Um, he does the calculations in his head. Yes, yeah. and he'd rather uh, let Charlie have his day here. I think, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, I, I mean, it's not, it's not going to, um, jumping the elevator is not going to cause the elevator to fail. Are you an like, are you an elevator expert about the Otis system of safety elevators? <laughs> uh, no. Um, I mean, I'm just not exactly how it works, but I mean, I believe is the idea of how this happens is that normally when it isn't operating, there are all these kind of like small like like kind of platforms or levers or hooks that kind of come out from the sides, and they will actually have enough weight to hold the hmm. elevator if it falls. That sounds right. Because I believe if it wasn't for that, it could actually fall yeah and well but and then which I thought is, part of it is like even if it does if it is gonna fall like there's some sort of built-in tension or you know counterweighting or whatever which would you know cause it to slow down or slowly fall or whatever you know well, i mean i think the idea of it falling is if the rope connected to the counterweight were to break that sure. would be bad because they would both sides would fall to the ground sure yeah and the otis safety system would actually uh you know stop it by holding in place without sure. the counterweight yep uh which i would say you probably don't want to tempt it by jumping and adding a sudden <laughs> shock force to well it. there's only i mean there's only four people in there or four four uh yeah four people in there and um it's probably rated for more or or heavier 
So, but you realize there's, there's like you know there's dead loads and live loads. The like a a dead load is kind of a stable load, but actually yeah. when you have volatile loads, these add much more danger. Ah, so just never. I mean, that's the thing. When you see things happen, it's like people are on a back porch dancing and jumping. It's like, oh, that's you know, no, don't do that. Yeah, sure. Especially if you're jumping at the same time, you know, like yeah. that's the worst thing you could do. Um, sure, yeah. Uh, so, but there is it does set up something quite cool, which is I think they um. I think the way they film it is actually is quite impressive. I mean, the, the c- conveying the feeling of the elevator Me. reacting as they land. Whoa! Oh, okay, that was the job. Could be stuck. That was the elevator. Yes. Uh, it, it, it just the sort of the, the physical movement of the walls. I think feels very convincing to me. Charlie, what are you doing? To the it point is. where it made me wonder, like, oh, did they I shoot this in a real elevator? To the basement. Um. Which I don't think they did, but it's nice to think about. I mean, I would say the the argument that they did it in an elevator, it's I think it's possible to film it in an elevator. I think the, the, the argument against it is it's hard to fit a camera in an elevator and other equipment. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, I would say maybe... Yeah. But yeah, also, could, I would say the third argument is it's relatively easy to replicate an elevator anywhere you want. So, And if you do, you usually just put a bunch of walls, which shaking around shouldn't be that difficult. I guess. I mean, shaking them in a realistic way just felt to me like particularly difficult problem. Yeah, you'd have to build a box that actually holds as a box. Right. Yeah, you have yeah. to put it on like a on like a moving platform, you know. Um, I mean, they do it for the Matrix. I'm sure you know they could do it for this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, anything okay, here's else? Here's your jump. Oh, yep. And should we tune in? Yeah, let's, let's listen. There is a really good reflex. If I ever get out of here, I'm going to start speaking to my mama. wonder what she's doing right this very minute. If I ever get out of here, I'm marrying a reed. I love her. I should marry her. I don't know what's been stopping me. If I ever get out of here, I'm having my eyes lasered. If I ever get out of here... Where are my Tic Tacs? What? I came home tonight and got into the elevator. Okay, let's let's. All right. An hour later. The Tic Tac scene. A lot of a lot of conditionals going on there. So, uh, let's see. We have Veronica. Veronica. Charlie. Uh, so yeah, what's what's everyone gonna do when they get out of there? Charlie's gonna marry Ari. Orit. Orit. So how do, you, how do you spell that? Oh, uh, based on the script. O R E E T. Orit is That's an unusual uh, name. Yeah, I'm not finding Evie. Uh, I guess I, maybe there's if you there's only one Wikipedia. Oh, look at this. There actually is a uh, second one here. Uh, the first Wikipedia hit is Orit is a kinship group among the Kalijan people of Kenya. Okay. So is it a Kenyan name? Could be. Uh, and then I saw actually a second one. Orit Ashery is a Israeli interdisciplinary artist based in London. So is it a Hebrew name? So could, could be either. Could be both. It's it's not a 
not very not a <laughs> very a, common could name. Could be a Hebrew Kenyan? Possibly, yeah. Um so yeah, not a very common name. That's interesting. Um I feel though Charlie's whole thing about like okay, I've suddenly realized I should I should marry her. Um it sounds like it's his decision, his decision alone. Well, there's that aspect of it, but I think the 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 other concerning part here is I wrote down he should think on it. <laughs> uh which is to say He knows. He knows. The, yeah, the I don't know what's been stopping me. Like something's clearly been stopping you. So so like Yeah, it's it's good to know what is the thing which has been stopping you. If you yeah. know, people like they have like LSD and they have like a moment of like like lucidity and they realize, "Oh, I have been stopped by blank." But instead like yeah, he's not really showing his god like He's seeing. He's just kind of like moving past it, which might just be the desperation speaking. Exactly, right? Which is to say, maybe do a little introspection first about why you didn't make this move before and then see if that if, if that is, is you know, not too concerning such that you're you are you know still comfortable moving forward with it i mean like if it's like oh i have been i have not really come to grips with the fact that like you know time is passing i like you know I, I'm, I'm taking things for granted that's actual things that he realizes he's doing wrong whereas i don't know what's been stopping me it's actually that is a concerning thing to say yes that's what i i i interpret it as concerning uh veronica says more in the script it's not good mm-hmm. it's actually pretty bad uh, but I will say it. Uh, Veronica's line, full line, is if I ever get out of here, I'm going to start speaking to my mother. She slept with Oscar, and maybe it was Oscar's fault. I don't know. But then she sold the story to Inside Edition. That could have been Oscar's idea, too. Who knows? But I divorced him. I wonder what she's doing right this minute. I think of her whenever here I do a pill. Ecstasy is off. Fen Fen. I just think I bet Mama knows about that. Wow. I hope Mama knows about that. Lots going on there. No, okay. I mean, yeah. That. I don't think Veronica's uh, like a, a great character. Interesting. So I don't know. It's in in the movie. You see her unnamed. It just says, "I need to reconnect with my mother," which is like, okay, that's. Yeah. I think a much more impactful character in the end. <laughs> yeah. It, it it works. Definitely works. Absolutely. Uh, and then you have, after those two things, which are about making, I think, a man's personal connections, more growth with people in your life, Patricia says in line, uh, I, if I get out of here, I would get eye surgery. Get my eyes lasered. Yeah. So what's, 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 your, what's your take on that as far as, like, you know, whether that's, you know, good or, like, is it, it's supposed to be, is that neutral or is that... Well, I think it's it's um, the the other two the other two people's resolutions are focused on relationships with other people, and Patricia's is very self centered. I think that's absolutely that's what the it's self centered about kind of self actualization in a way that like she doesn't wear glasses. Is it just 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 more context? Oh, so I I actually well, I'm not sure. I thought it was some she's, you know like laser hair removal or something, but it's a little yeah. She has a bunch of hair in her eyes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was some other be- or or like vein, you know, um, you know, whatever, you know, vein removal or, or not removal, but like, <laughs> you know, the thing. I don't know when LASIK LASIK was definitely a huge industry by the early two thousands. I believe in ninety eight. Oh yeah, 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 no, yeah. certainly it was the thing, and it, but I, I, I don't know. I thought it was, I, I guess because she's having trouble seeing into her bag, maybe, but, um. I don't know. It's a weird. It's 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 a bit of a non sequitur, but that's you know that's what she does. A little bit, uh, but um, 
Yeah, and then and then Joe starts to say something. He's just he's kind of beat. He's very it's very like Doctor Manhattan on on Mars or the Moon or whatever. Just yeah. kind of like just just spacing out, and he finally like like it's he's starting to articulate something. It's a long story. But Patricia interrupts him and says, "Where are my Tic Tacs?" Yes. Let me just say, we don't we, we don't get closure. We don't find out where Tic Tacs are. I or, yeah exactly. Uh, you know she says it. She's whining, and then she starts pouting. You know. So also she's she's doing her nails um, throughout this. I, I don't know exactly what I, mean, I, I don't know if she's polishing them or removing polish. If she's removing polish, like she is stinking up that elevator. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good point. That's um, a really good point. Which is which I I mean maybe an intentional thing of like wow she is so inconsiderate she is she's actually like doing one of the worst things you could possibly do in a confined space with, with three other people I did not is, make that connection she that's has really broken out the, the the nail polish remover <laughs> that's very funny a uh, question like I just wrote down a few things Patricia is like who is she more selfish than Joe or is Joe equally selfish as Patricia she's certainly more uh, um, visibly selfish. I yeah, think. I'd say it's it's hard to say that Joe is more selfless, but he at least certainly has a better handle on etiquette in order to get around with other people and not be obnoxious. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then I wrote down Kathleen Kelly versus Patricia uh, maturity level. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, because I think the idea is like, what does Joe not like about Patricia? Well, like I'd say a few things like it came to so, mind is just the fact selfishness and maturity, but that's just what came and, to mind. And um, just general abrasiveness. I think you know Patricia's very. Um, he already loathed her. Let's be very clear. We've 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 known that for a while. Yeah. Like, he just doesn't like being. Yeah, well, because she's not super pleasant to be around. It doesn't seem like, at least the way she's portrayed here. I mean, she's you know again very like yells a lot. Um, he didn't. I mean, we know from the very first scene he never actually liked her. Uh, that's true. Exactly. Which is kind of a, you know, kind of a bold decision. Not like, oh, you saw this relationship <laughs> decay, but like, no, they just always disliked each other. Yeah, well, you know, way. they're not right for one another. Thanks to you. But I think they're perfect. Call the elevator! Sure. Um, uh, but, uh, I mean, I, Patricia is kind of, I mean, she's like pouting, you know, there's a very babyish demeanor to her here. But like, is... Like, I don't think Kathleen is that much more mature. She's still living in this kind of weird, governed by her mother's dictates in her life and so on. Yeah, I mean, but it, I would say at least on an interpersonal, you know, communication and and interaction uh, level. She still asks for special treatment and whines, but does it with slightly less pouting. Yes, does it, does it, does it with less, well, less, and, and less, um, you know, like. She doesn't raise her voice. Yes, yeah, exactly. She's well behaved. Um, so, uh, and, and then we believe, we believe Joe is more mature than both of them. Is that what we were saying earlier? I think Joe is, like, not only more mature, but he's actually, like, just this level of transcendent human. <laughs> like, he's not actually, like, very, like, he's kind of like the Greek gods, in which he is very powerful, very kind of above it all, but also is just, like, not really, like, that, I think, like, fully formed or rich. He can still be very petty, and like, yeah. but he's just, he's just on a different plane. And then above him, we've got Skyler. Sure. And then above him, we've got Kevin Jackson. 
Kevin Kevin is just I think he is like right in the center of like a person in the world doing action. You know, he is sure. a, he is a person. That is, he is that. He's and not then, he's not a god. He's not you know. And above him we have George. <laughs> Yeah, George is certainly transcendent in his own way. Very yeah. transcendent. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, like, it's not, there's not a whole lot of lessons you take here of, like, what is the good life. No, no, there's no there's no good life to be had here. I think insofar as people take what the good life is, I think people look for, like, Kathleen just being nostalgic. And it's like, that's, no, that's not, no. that's a bad lesson to take yeah, in the movie. No. But that's what you actually do hear people saying. Yeah. Uh, but let, let's 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 move on to the uh, to the next scenes. All right, Dockside Joe, let's oh, go. Let's get out of here. Let's get a tic tac. Where are my tic tacs? Huh. What? He's shocked. I came home tonight and got into the elevator to go to my apartment. An hour later, I got out of the elevator, and Brinkley and I moved out. Suddenly, everything had become clear. It's a long story, full of the personal details we avoid so carefully. Let me just say, there was a man sitting in the elevator with me who knew exactly what he wanted, and I found myself wishing I were as lucky as he. Do you want to go on? always telling you that change Let's... is a good thing, but all they're really saying is that something you didn't want to happen at all has happened. My store is closing this week. I own a store. Did I ever tell you that? Perfect cutoff. So that was uh, scene four in the beginning of five. Yep. Um, so that's really got... nicer. The score, like, that might be the best the score sounds in the entire movie. That's a very nice sequence. It's solid. And also, I mean, the visuals of the dock at nighttime, just a gorgeous scene. I mean, the him walking along the dock, it is, it's really, really uh, pleasant. Um, it's you nice, got, yeah. It's you uh, flashing light, you know, subtle flashing uh, lights in the background, you know, sort of kind of twinkling. You've got the, you know, nice, um, you know, downlight, uh, downlit dock. And I would got, say New York you know, is almost like a, a, a character in this movie. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, quite, like, I think a weird thing here is instead of instead of Joe Fox kind of saying, like, I just don't think like I am like like happy on an interpersonal level like what is what became clear to him like he says what is the thing that actually bothered him about like his whole life the like, thing that, that well no i think it's more no he re- but he says something else and what is that other thing and i'm um the answer what? is uh, his own indecision oh sure he says yeah. what bothers him is he knew yep. someone else who knew what he wanted yep. and he is bothered that he doesn't know what he wants certainly doesn't want to go on with his life with patricia well no no he's saying he actually deep down does know what he wants he's just not admitting it to himself and now he's coming to terms with that and realizing i want to get out of the relationship i'm in and i want to get into a relationship with kathleen kelly he just is jealous that uh charlie has a reet and he doesn't have a reet <laughs> <laughs> if he had a REIT, he would know what he wants. Yeah, yeah, he's going after a REIT now. I just don't think, like, even at this point, I mean, he, f- do we, I still don't even know that he actually feels love for Kathleen in any real way. Hmm. I think it was love at first sight. What is going on? I don't know about that. I mean, 
I don't know about that. Mm. I so, don't know about that. I don't know. I, okay, so then, so he retires to his boat. Um, people hanging out, living on boats. Very good, earful theme. I think we're, we'll see more of that in future movies. But it's nice to have the consistency. Absolutely. Uh, so he, okay. So he is he is saying these things. He's narrating. My big question to you: Is this a real email? Um, it is. It is taking the form of an email. It is yeah. something that he, Does he is saying. Send it? Does he actually send it? Well, or is, is this like is are they transcended? Because we know the fact. I mean, here's why I don't think he really. Kathleen and Joe, let's talk about the story of Shop Girl and NY152. Mm -hmm. They have these very transactional emails in which they mostly amuse themselves, don't really listen. Mm -hmm. Uh, They finally, after a series of mostly business-related transactional emails about how can you help my business, have a meetup uh, to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Joe uh, skips it and then kind of has... You know, a, a more or less unpleasant encounter, uh, and then you know feels kind of bad on some level, just that she is a miserable person. I, I mean, he, I, I'd say I think at best he's really the fact he has some small tenderness towards her, but no, like I don't think he really still enjoys her company that much. We have no indication like that. Mm. That's okay. all. That's all I'm saying. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. In, in in the script, it says Joe is carrying Brinkley's pillow, his laptop, and a suitcase. Okay, so see... he's got the laptop. Does the boat have internet? Can the boat have internet? Not I really. Don't th- I don't think there's the not really a way for the boat to have internet in this in 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 this era. That's part of the reason I think the email is not real. So he's just type. He maybe maybe types it out on his laptop and never sends it. And then he goes to the internet cafe. Yeah. Yeah, and then he, well, that's what I mean. If he actually sent it, that's what he would have done. He would have typed it out on the boat in offline mode and then walked to an internet cafe plugged in and sent it yeah i just think the like is i just think at this point these people have transcended the need for each other and they're just kind of shooting out their thoughts into a void and now sure. they've actually this is they're just processing stuff sure um, well, he says a very practical thing, which is like that would get into personal details that we've agreed not to discuss, right? Which does, I mean, that sounds that's that's more. That's, which Kathleen that's is starting to you know, more we're starting to have ourselves. That's true. She's talking about a shop. Okay, so then we get to Kathleen's place. Well, well one more one more oh, point. Yes, boat everyone point. moves out so quickly. Night of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's New York. I mean, you you keep few possessions and you and you're ready to move them at any moment. That's how New Yorkers live. We know there's a lot of stuff on Joe's desk. We're talking about there's like that that little ornament of Brinkley's head. That, those are not important. I would say immaterial. Brink- immaterial. I, don't know. I guess when you have the real right. Brinkley head, why do you need that? Scene five. So then we get Kathleen Kelly's rustic kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Very very nicely appointed rustic kitchen. Small but nicely appointed. And she walks past, and this is key because we discussed this in the first episode. She walks past her laptop on the table. Yeah. Have, have you looked at the cord situation? I did not. Tell me more. Okay. Pay close attention next time around. And there may only be one more time around. Pay close attention because I believe the laptop is plugged into itself. <laughs> oh, hell yes. Or, or the cord is like tucked under it or something, which is like, what, does she have a hole in that very rustic table that the cord goes through that then <laughs> plugs in underneath the table? 
it's a very um, it's it's uh, not a convincing laptop setup. That's fascinating. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll check that so. out. My my thought when watching this is just the whole vibe of the room and like, did the bed like was the bed in the same position or did they actually change the the the. It's a different. It's a very different, you know, angle. The vibe is and different. Vibe for apartment for sure. We have we've not seen out this window before. You know, this her side window here. Yeah. Um. And and you know, it is very disorienting, really. So the original, like, here's a, from the script. Let's just say this because this doesn't answer at least I believe what's happening here. Mm. I wonder whether change isn't a kind of infection. You start with one thing, something you never thought would change, and it does. Mm. And like the, the angle th- of her apartment uh, being filmed. And the next thing you know, even your bed is in a different place. Wow. Okay, so, so it is meant to be kind of disorienting. I believe so, yeah. That's cool. That's nice. All right. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Kathleen's against change. Could be stuck. Well, she's experiencing it, though. I mean, she says that people say, like, change is a good thing. And uh, she is, like, her response to it, when people say it's like, oh, don't be so bad. Change can be a good thing is she is saying it's like you're only effectively taunting me of saying it's like you have lost you know it's it doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's good it just means that you didn't want change and you got it which is just she is it doesn't really seem to indicate the fact that like there's anything positive about change in the world she just kind of is more she feels the taunt yeah yeah so that's all I got. Okay. And then she shares a, a, a personal detail. I own a store. Did I ever tell you that? She's breaking the rules. Unless she's shooting out to the void, which I believe she is. Uh, first line in the script, too, even says, she starts in the bedroom. We see her computer now hooked up in the living room where all of Frank's typewriters used to be. Ah, okay. So Interesting. If that, if that tells you anything about the court situation. Well, it know. is. I mean, it's definitely a different spot for it. But it's, it's again, I mean, it looks like a pretty solid table. So I have I have trouble believing table. that the cord is running through the table. And it doesn't appear to be running anywhere away from the laptop. So, uh, you know. It's, I'll be the judge of that. Okay, so. well, you'll see it coming around a little bit here. Anything else? Any final notes uh, as well? While we um, no, I'm at the end of my notes. Laughs. This is this is more like your thing. I've typed this on my King Jim DM30. Mm-hmm. Not a huge fan. I mean, I think it's fine, but I do prefer having a piece of paper. Okay, yeah. Well, I prefer having a. Um, has my general analysis been much worse? Because it feels like it's been substantially worse. Um, I would say it's yeah. It's it's the worst. Uh, it's the worst analysis you've ever done. Ouch! Yeah, but uh, yep. fair, but fair. I, I appreciate your honesty. Yeah, of course, you bet. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I did my usual uh, sublime text setup, where I've just got sublime text open with the little uh, text document. Use a Vim bindings? An hour later. Uh, no, no, I just, I just you know, just type. Oh, that's that's a shame. Yeah. Okay, let's look at this keyboard, Suddenly and then we can finally move on. Clear. All right, you mean the cable? It's a long story. All right, here we go. Full of the personal Fox detail avoid, Yep, so it's both called the Fox 3. I don't know if we talked about that because he's the third Fox. The elevator with me that we know of. So far. Exactly what he wanted. I mean, what, like, Skylar's dad wasn't a Fox? As lucky as he. Maybe not. <laughs> okay, we're coming up People on it. Here we go. telling you that change is a good thing. But all they're really saying is that something you didn't want to happen at all. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so store is closing this week. So that is a cable which plugs into two different ports. Is it? Because like it has to be to plug in twice, right? 
Well, I, so it it looks like a modem cable. Yes. The just the form factor of the cable looks like a modem cable. So one side would be like an ether, like oh sorry, a fo- phone line. What do you call that? A phone line. A a RJ forty five. Yeah, RJ forty five. Yep. And um, yeah, and then I guess so. Potentially, you could assume because I, I mean, maybe it's not actually plugged into the laptop on the other side. Maybe it is running very tightly ar- along the edge of the laptop, and is meant to be running tightly along the edge and then ducking under the table where it plugs in somewhere. Wild. In which case, the laptop is running on battery power, uh, which you know is acceptable. It could be. Um, but anyway, it's just not, it's an odd cable situation. I'll just say. I mean, that so. cable exists. And it seems to be plugged in twice in the back of the cable, which means, like, is this, like, a... Back of the computer? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, like, well, what the two... What are the two ends of the cable? I know. That's what I asked myself. Let's get that from... Oh, well, like, what kind of cable do they use? I mean, you you know, USB to RJ45. This would be, like, this would be pretty early for... Well, no, so, yeah, no, a serial port to RJ45 is almost certainly a cable that exists. uh, Yeah, and they're... So, I imagine that's a, and I can imagine that's a, a sort of dongle you would see. It's like, oh yeah, let's just plug it. Weird, yeah. weird. Sure. I, it's weird. not. It's an odd. It's an odd thing. But what do and you that's do? been analysis. All right, we made it. We did. Uh, okay, so drink of the app. Drink of the app. Oh yeah, I wasn't really watching for it. Um, ah, what do we got? Uh, well, we have uh, the uh, the Hudson River. Yeah, that's a solid drink. Um, I mean, we're we're in a drought. Let's be honest, we're yeah. in a drought. We're in the elevator. Well, for sure, there's no drinks in the elevator. Tic-tacs. I mean, I, I would I would maybe say she has a bowl of a liquid of some sort. Well, that's the nail the nail polish remover, which well, I don't I recommend drinking. Well, I should at the end. She has a bowl. Oh, she's she the does. She has a bowl of, of maybe yeah something that it's probably like oatmeal or like something like that because it's she she discards a pan in the sink. Might be uh, actually the, the the script says she's making tea, but I don't think she'd make. She a bowl. definitely is has like a pan. It's it's not a teapot. So unless she makes tea in a in a. I'm tempted to Te- say that, I'm tempted to say uh, that this is a a drought because we're stuck in an elevator. I think we can come up with something. Um, I gotta see her kitchen one more time. Yeah, there's gotta be something in her kitchen. Yeah. So we'll, okay, let's let's pause on drink of the app. We'll get that when we get it. Um, in the meantime, we have um, hack hack of the app. Yeah. So yeah. what? Well, I mean, obviously the elevator being stuck would be the thing to hack here. Well, I think it gives people clarity. Is even a problem? I think the problem is they need an elevator to be stuck to have clarity. Oh, that's cool. So if we could invent other ways without needing to be stuck in an elevator where you're forced into moments of clarity. Or just the fact, why do you, why do you need to go in the elevator? Like, when you just, you know, find easier ways to get from the ground floor to your room? Um, sure. Elevator alternatives. Okay. Yeah. That's something. Uh, um, we, we always saw we have uh, trouble finding the shoe books. That's true. Yeah, helping people find popular books or not so popular books. Hey, loathed books. Loathed books in the bookstore. That's something. All right. Yeah. Uh, I like would say it. Joe Joe's surgeon to the to the boat seems perfect. I don't see any problems. Yeah, no problems there. I mean, I'd say that actually being offline probably good for him. Yeah, definitely. 
um, and uh, then finally, you know, nothing's really happening in the last last scene. I don't know. So I think between that, I think you, you probably either the shoe books or something elevator wise, one way or other. I would go. Oh, that's a tough one. I don't I would, know. I would, I would stay away from the psychology of, of kind of you know reaching some sort of enlightenment. Okay, all right, just go a with bit too broad. helping people find books in the book. Well, I mean, you could do like elevator. I think elevator mechanically or people finding books, but your your choice. Mm, um, yeah, let's go people finding books. It's, it's okay. more relevant to the you know to the subject matter of the film here. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, obvious obvious uh, remedy would be you'd have a book that contains references to other books. Sure, that's a that's a good default. Yeah. Uh, a digital directory of some sort. Oh, Kathleen's Kitchen. Here we go. That's a bowl. The onions a... in the back. This is a soup. She's making a soup. Bowl of soup. I mean, soup is kind of, You can drink soup. I think I would rather go soup than go... Hudson um, River? I'd rather go soup than go Hudson River. I don't think soup's a drink. How are there no... Wow, she's just sitting in that corner. Um, how, Yeah, it's crazy there's no beverages anywhere in her apartment. Um, I would go, I would go Kathleen's Soup. I would go um, soup. Okay, I think soup is drink of the app. You can t- you can drink soup. Soup is a drink. Drink the app. Drink soup. of the app. Soup. Um, okay. Let's see. Digital directory, some sort. Um, Digital directory. I mean, to be clear, it's a woman who goes in and says, "I must know the book that people are demanding that my child reads." Yes. So, um, just really? something to shut those people up. <laughs> Yeah, or something. Yeah, just a way of <laughs> of letting you know because her friends are are judging her. Give her um uh, uh noise canceling headphones. <laughs> I don't. I mean, it's 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 the real question is how do you maintain conformity within a social scene mm. while getting what you need to your children in order to keep up with you know your peers. Sure. Yeah. Um. Ooh. Uh, uh, what about like a um, you know a virtual book that can change to anything she wants it to? And so if a friend goes, "Oh, you've got to get the shoe books," she quickly like you know goes ducks behind a corner, mm. configures her virtual book. It then takes the appearance of a shoe book. She comes back out. She's like, "Yeah, I've got those." So it's like the it's it's basically the inverse of a Kindle. Whereas a Kindle yes. is a book that has, like, the contents of a book, but the external appearances and change. Uh, this will be a book for your child or for anyone who wants good appearances. Or just, that, you know, just have blank pages inside. It doesn't need to have anything inside. Yeah, I mean, the important part is the spine and the yes. cover. Yes, the important part is showing what you, showing your um, taste. Absolutely. Like Kathleen Kelly. Absolutely. So, uh, I feel this, has that been done? I feel that must be done. Well, I, certainly I would, people will take book covers from prestigious books and put them on trashy books while they read trashy books that definitely that the problem with happens. that is trashy books are usually not in a hardcover um that's, that's true yeah. yeah um so except i mean that's not true but sure um it's it's, it's true on balance it's sure. trends tends true um and let's see okay yeah uh, any other uh, replace the salespeople with robots yeah, that's that's a thing too. You yep. know, you could uh, uh, give all the salespeople a an earpiece with a direct line to Kathleen Kelly. That I mean, that is I think the killer app. You know, I think the main problem is nothing, whether it is any sort of you know 
uh, index, whether it is a, you know, a computer database, nothing can compare to the flawless taste and complete knowledge of Kathleen Kelly. That's true. I mean, okay. I, I, far as far as I'm concerned, uh, the only thing you can do is, uh, you know, full full brain upload. Oh, a full brain up. Every all sales associates are reprogrammed with the personality of Kathleen, personality and memory of Kathleen Kelly. I like that. I mean, yeah. I just think that's. I mean, I just like that because I think that's good for business. Yeah, I it's do. good for humanity too. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Um, that is nail polish remover. She is definitely removing nail polish. In that's a good the detail. Elevator. That's a good oh, detail. That's so annoying. Um, <laughs> is this place we see at Parker Posey? Uh, we'll RIP. find out. We will find out. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got a real quick. So we'll do where in the that air. That has been Hack of the App. That has been Hack of the App. We'll do where in the air. We're going to rate the movies as a whole as a whole. These five minutes. Movie up until this five minutes. And these five minutes, we're going to do it um, uh, question answer style um, with the five, one, zero to five stars, no half stars, mean, median, motor, all 2.5. All right. Um, movie as a whole as a whole. Ready? Three, two, two one, one, four, four stars. stars. Nice. Movie up until this point as a whole. Ready? Three, Three two, two, one, one four, four and a half stars. stars. Okay, all right. Okay. Uh, these five minutes, ready? Yeah. Uh, three, two, two, one, two three and a half stars. stars. I said three okay. stars. Two stars, two and a half, three. Yeah, I could, I could round up to three. I could be convinced you of that. You actually can. Yeah. And that has been where in the air. Very good. Um, okay. And um, let's give the contact info. Hey, here's, okay. You, here's the question answer stuff. You give me a prompt. I will answer it. I'll give you a prompt. You answer it. Ready? Three, two, one. I want to Twitter you at Earful of. I want to email you. Staff at EarfulOf.com. Or staff at EarfulOf.com. Or staff at EarfulOf.com. It's set up. It's now set up. It's now set up. We're good. Yeah. I want to go to your website. Earfulof.com. Great. Great. Very good. Okay. Very good. Very good. Okay. 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 All right. All right. That's getting crazy. I don't think so. It's insane. It's insane. I don't think so. Speaking of insanity. Yes. You have something about insanity? Uh, isn't it insane to suddenly come to realizations about life while you're trapped in an elevator? I don't go to the <laughs> elevators for that. Okay. You know where I go? Where do you go? My inbox. Oh, yes. But what you see or do with your inbox what? is up. Is up to you. To you.
Programmer, and I'm the world's greatest hacker. You are the one I would die.